to the Mini Break, your daily podcast for the biggest storylines, results, and controversies from the tennis world. Today is Tuesday, August 11th. Recording this morning's podcast live from our Airbnb in beautiful Lexington, Kentucky, as our Crack Rackets team was supposed to be on site for this week's inaugural Top Seed Open. And of course, the event is a WTA international level tournament. But given the field we see here this week, Serena Williams, Anissa Mova, Sloane Stevens, Coco Goff, CC Bellis, of course, Arena Sabalenka, number three seed Joe Conta, who lost yesterday to Marie Buzkova. You can go on and on and on. Vika Azarenka, Venus, of course, the quality of this field is spectacular. It feels like it is a U.S. Open warm-up event, and certainly so many of these players playing this week uh, with an eye on the upcoming three-week stretch in New York, Western and Southern, and the U.S. Open back-to-back. Unfortunately, plans change, and that's why where I want to start today's podcast now. I'm not going to get into the specific reasoning. If you want to hear about that, I will ask you, please be a Patreon subscriber. It is a dramatic story, one I plan on sharing in our Patreon mailbag this week. That goes out, of course, to our Patreon subscribers. Not something I want to litigate, though, here on the podcast today. Just simply to say, you know, I wanted to comment that plans change, and so it doesn't seem like our team is going to be able to get on Site. Nevertheless, we still very much look forward to covering all of the action here in Lexington throughout the week. And I myself am going to be calling the play-by-play on the Tennis One app for those of you who want to join us on Crowdview Live. Yesterday, it was myself and Luke Jensen. Luke, of course, the former All-American, uh, former Grand Slam doubles champion, and of course, head coach of the World Team Tennis 2020 champion, New York Empire team. Uh, we had so much fun on the call, and what makes Crowdview Live so so different from your typical play-by-play experiences, and I'm not, you know, I'm not trying to rip on the typical play-by-play experience, having done a few myself. It's delightful for me, in particular, the thrill to follow all of the action, be in the booth. There's absolutely a place for that. You know, I grew up listening to Mike C. Tennis on the Challenger feeds. That's a big influence in my life, a big influence in my style of play-by-play commentary. And obviously, the reason I was so drawn to Challenger Tennis was because of the quality of the commentary on top of the quality of tennis. But the reason I say all of that, Crowdview Live is very, very different, folks. Yes, there is a stream to the match in the center, and of course we talk about the match going on, but it's an interactive platform. You have the opportunity as a fan to pop into the conversation yourself. Maybe there's something in the match going on that you have questions about. Maybe there's something Luke and I are saying that you find particularly objectionable and you know you want to comment on. You can do that in Crowdview Live. It's an interactive interactive platform, you know, if you are comfortable showing your face, you want to come up and speak a little bit on video, you can do that as well. If you want to just watch the match and send in messages as response, we can interact in those ways too. It's just a really enjoyable way, again, a modern way to consume tennis. You know, Tennis One app, they're on the forefront of innovation in the tennis fan experience for so many different reasons. Crowdview uh, Live is certainly a big part of that, and so to any of you, if you're following all of the action this week, or maybe you don't have Tennis Channel. Well, the good news is you can access the feed to Center Court. Just download that Tennis One app. Come join us in Crowdview Live. Even if you don't want to participate, just come watch the matches with us because, again, we have an incredible slate of matches scheduled here on day two in Lexington. And I want to talk, you know, before I preview that, because I'm going to do that today, of course, I want to talk about the action going on in Prague as well. But, you know, the title of today's podcast, as you saw, Rain, Rain, Go Away, 
parentheses, but don't come back another day. Uh, that was the theme on day one. We got a lot of rain in Lexington. Matches were forced indoors. They only played a couple of them outside. A uh, similar thing in Prague. I believe they only finished two matches on day one. Uh, so we don't have too much tennis to talk about, but I certainly want to recap what I saw in Lexington. And then, of course, I want to set up a preview for all of Tuesday's action, talk about the biggest storylines as well going on throughout the tennis world, because even though we are here in Lexington, that doesn't mean news throughout the tennis world stops. There's plenty of things you listeners are going to want to be caught up to date on, so I'm going to get to them during this podcast. Of course, the reason I am able to do these updates day in, day out, the reason we are able to travel to places like Lexington is because of the support we get from our sponsors who, again, live by our policy here at Cracked Rackets. We know, as a tennis player, you look good, you feel good, you play good. Well, we're trying to set you up for success in those arenas, and I'm telling you, there was no, there is no one who will have you looking better on the tennis court than our friends at Midwest Sports. And they've, you know, for more than 30 years, Midwest Sports has served as one of the world's premier equ- tennis equipment suppliers because they offer a comprehensive selection of fast shipping tennis supplies that few retailers can match. They also have one of the largest in-stock inventories of equipment online with tens of thousands of products, folks. Tens of thousands of products available for shipping from our automated warehouse. I'm going to be honest. I only thought there were like a thousand products in the tennis world. Little did I know. Tens of thousands, folks. And it's true. Yonix, Wilson, Nike, New Balance, Lotto, you know, Babolat, Asics, Adidas. You name it, they've got it on Midwest Sports. You can find it all. And maybe you don't know exactly what suits your game. Rest assured, they're well-trained staff, intimately familiar with tennis equipment, and can help you find that perfect racket, perfect shoe, or perfect tennis clothing. That is sure to put you ahead of the competition. Their selections of equipment are consistently first to market, and they pride themselves in stocking their warehouse with the newest products at the lowest prices. You can find all of these products, all of these prices, by going to their website, MidwestSports.com. Once you do, you use our promo code CR15 because you're going to save 15% off. You're going to get free two-day shipping on all orders exceeding $75. And best of all, you're going to get a free can of Wilson Extra Duty Tennis Balls. You'll also let them know that we sent you there, which is greatly appreciated by us, MidwestSports.com. The promo code is CR15. All right, now you look good. How are you going to feel good? That's where nutrition comes in, and that's where our friends Aerobar have the market covered because they're the only people out there who offer a tennis-specific energy bar. And folks, it's delicious. Cinnamon, honey, oat, chocolate chip flavors, You know, more potassium than a banana, but more importantly, you're putting good ingredients in your body. You're not putting in junk. You're not putting in, you know, I don't know the difference between a refined and an unrefined sugar. I just know that cra- uh, that our friends at Aerobar have the good kinds, uh, and the, the products taste delicious, but more importantly, you really will get that energy boost to your day. You know, I don't think I could call four matches on Crowdview Live if I didn't know in between each match I was going to get to snack on an Aerobar, uh, because we always have them when we're on the road here at Cracked Rackets. You can get yourself some Aerobars as well by going to their website, aerobar.com. While you're there, use our promo code CRACKED15. You'll get an additional 15% off your order. Of course, you can also support our friends at Aerobar by listening to our Getting to the Point podcast episodes every Thursday on the mini break where we talk about 
you know the importance of nutrition of fitness to uh, modern in the modern tennis game. We've brought on so many great guests, people like Bjorn Fertangelo, Lauren Embry, Michael Russell, Jay Berger. The list goes on and on and on. Be sure to go check out those episodes. And again, aerobar.com. The promo code is cracked15. Now, with that being said, let's get into our recap of the action. And it is 10-11 right now as I am recording this. Serena goes on at 11 a.m. Again, we are going to be live on Crowdview Live all day long covering the center court matches. But do I do apologize if I can, you know, speak very quickly here. I am, you know, we're on a bit of a time crunch, but also I'm going to keep my synopsises. I don't know, on the briefer side today, I say that, then this podcast is going to end up at the 40-minute mark. The point is, just know we are inching closer and closer to match time, so if you hear an urgency, a pep in my step, in my voice, that is the reason why I am speeding things up. But, you know, certainly, again, rain slowed things down yesterday. We had a delay in all of the action. The first round of final round qualifying matches got on court here in Lexington, and then rain washed everything away until about 3 p.m., and when they went back you know, two playing at 3 p.m. Thankfully, the beautiful Top Seed Tennis Club has indoor facilities as well, so they started to split up some of the matches. Some went indoors. They tried to play on a couple of outdoor courts as well. Those were the matches I really got to watch closely, and the first match we called yesterday was probably our biggest upset on the day as Marie Buzkova, the immensely talented 22-year-old uh, excuse me, from the Czech Republic, knocked out Joe Conta, the number three seed here this week, 6-4, 6-4, and you know, for Buzkova right now, current rankings at number 48, that's one off her career high of 47, which by the way, she achieved this year. You look at the things Marie Buzkova's accomplished during the course of her career already. You know, again, we've talked about this so much in the first week and, you know, first 10 days of the WTA being back. There are just so many talented young tennis players right now in the women's game that, you you know, players with top 50, top 30, top 20 potential, Marie Buzkova certainly belongs on that list. And, you know, that's not shocking to anyone, right? Because Buzkova won the 2014 U.S. Open Girls Singles title. Uh, anytime you're a junior slam champion, you've built some pedigree. But for Buzkova, it's been a slow, steady ascension uh, into the top of the women's games. You know, by the end of 2018, she had cracked the top 150, had played her first Grand Slam main draw off of that in 2019, she ends up playing three Grand Slam main draws at the French Wimbledon U.S. Open, you know, makes a semifinal of the Premier Five event at the Canadian Open, and in that event, she beat Halep, she beat Ostapenko, she beat Sloane Stephens. You know, that's a really good result for, uh, or I believe she beat Halep. Did she lose to Halep? Maybe she lost to Halep. I think she might have actually lost to Halep in the semifinals. Uh, no, Buzkova did beat Halep. I was correct. 6-4 retirement. She lost to Serena in three sets in the semifinals. That's what it was. But, you know, Buzkova has slowly risen. You know, the 22-year-old, such a talented ball striker. If she has time and you give her an opportunity, she can just rip a winner. Simply put, any position of the court, she's that sort of athlete, that sort of explosive, quick twitch. Reminds me a lot of Fiona Farrow in the way they both have those adequate, you know, they're both plus movers and therefore they're able to play defense, but because they both strike the ball so well, they're able to turn defense into offense. And now, 
Do I see a world where Marie Buskova could be overpowered by someone like a Sabalenka again or someone like an Osaka who could just hit them off the court? Yes, I do. And, you know, I do think Marie Buskova certainly likes to scrap around a little bit. But this is, you know, uh, again, uh, such an incredible talent from the baseline, so proficient off of both wings. And Marie Buskova was clearly the better player in her matchup yesterday against Joe Conta. And, you know, I, I think it's worth mentioning, and we talked about this on on crowd view live, but after the match, Joe Conta uh, made that, you know, she she talked about how uh, she uh, had heart palpitations because during the uh, first game of the match, after she wins it, she stops for a little bit, you know, after the game or in the midst of that second game and goes to the chair umpire and says, hey, you know, I need that trainer to come out. I'm not feeling that well. I think my heart's skipping a bean. She talked about how that's happened to her a couple of times as of, you know, over these past couple of months, and she's planning on getting an EKG, checking it out. And of course, given everything that's going on right now, you know, if you have any sort of precondition, do you want to put yourself at risk by being in that bubble in New York for three weeks, given we know that, you know, this coronavirus in particular, uh, hurts people with, you know, pre-existing conditions. You're more likely to face severe consequences of this coronavirus. And, you know, that's just something to keep in mind. But Joe Conta was able to rebound, establish herself back into this match. And there was a critical game at three all in that first set where Joe Conta had numerous opportunities, I believe, to break Buzkova. And she just wasn't able to do it. Buzkova was too frequently able, you know, just as much as this match was played on Joe Conta's terms because Conta was the one elevating backhands or changing directions or, you know, trying to get Buzkova stretched to the outer thirds and trying to dictate and move forward, Buzkova just had too much firepower. She was able to hit through Joe Conta and, you know, Joe Conta was just not able to make things easy enough for herself. And, you know, again, it was a pretty good match. You look at the biggest differentiation between the two, you know, Joe Conta actually won, uh, or won 73% of her first serve points. Buzkova only 67. Uh, but Buzkova won 62% of her second serve points. Joe Conta, 9 of 23, 39% conversion rate on those second serve points. You know, Joe Conta also one of seven on break chances. Uh, Buzkova, I believe, was uh, three of 11, but still 11 break chances. It was a... it was a really good performance from Marie Buzkova again, and a great return for her. And you talk about what she had been accomplishing on tour prior uh, to uh, tennis's stoppage of play. You look at her results over these past 12 months, really. Uh, you know, 2019, she won an 80K event, but then really started focusing on playing WTA uh, level international or higher. And, you know, clearly she's having more and more success. Clearly, uh, she's starting to find her level. You talk about Buzkova and what she did earlier in 20. 20, uh, and, you know, take it with a grain of salt, but, you know, she made that final. I forgot, this is another win for her over Jocanta after she made that final in Monterey, Mexico, right before play stopped. She lost that three-set battle to Svitolina. You know, she was a quarterfinalist here in Nicholasville when we were at the 100K event in February. She also, again, played the first round of the Australian Open. First round lost 2-4 and four to Osaka. Isn't something to, you know, pout about. Certainly, that's a good showing for her. Uh, Buskova's playing her best tennis. Buskova, this is a player hitting her stride and, you know, just can, expect to continue to see her ascent because it's quite clear how talented she is. And, you know, the only thing that slowed her down was the fact that for five months there was no protest. 
tennis. So clearly Marie Buskova playing her best tennis. She was a superstar performer on day one. She earns a hard-fought, well-deserved victory over, uh, of course, the number three seed, Joe Conta. And then you talk about our our next match on uh, court on center court, which was just a strange one. Number two seed, Arena Sabalenka, 6-1-6-7-6-2 over Madison Brangle. And again, this isn't going to be shocking to any of you. The power advantage was the entire story of this match. When Sabalenka focused, when she wasn't pressing or playing sloppily, you know, coming in behind approach shots just because she thought she can, not because she thought she should, um... When she was locked in and dialed in, there was just too much of a power disadvantage for Brangle, and Brangle did a great job scrapping and clawing and, you know, ch- you know, slice and dicing, doing all these different things to just, and I made this joke all the time, what did the BG say? You know, she was staying alive, staying alive, but just the power advantage, I mean, in that in that third set, Sabalenka looked drained, and that was another takeaway I'll get to in a second, but I mean, she was also using second serves from Bringle as approach shot feeds, and just teeing off and taking control of the point, and you know, this match was, what, two hours, 30 minutes? In your first match back after five months, you don't want to track down Sabalenka, you know, powerful ground strokes for two and a half hours, and I just think in the end, it was too much for Bringle to handle. She goes 11 of 29 on second serve points, only 31 of 55 on first serve points, eight double faults in the match as well. She was trying to be more aggressive, hit her spots. It just, you know, it wasn't always working. It was a sloppy match from Sabalenka, certainly, and something that was so clear, not just for Sabalenka, I think, but for a couple of players during this one. Look, as hard as all of these players train, as physically gifted as all of these modern players are in 2020, it's also really, really difficult to replicate a match environment in practice, to replicate the nerves, the drama, the adrenaline highs and lows. And of course, yesterday after a day of rainfall, it's 80% humidity outside. These players are sweating, you know, they're schwitzing like crazy. Um, that's going to affect the level of play. And at the end of that match, you could just tell how uncomfortable. Sabalenka had about three minutes left. Left in the queue, uh, but before she was going to be able to just, you know, uh, just not be ready to rock and roll. And so uh, for her, uh, you know, for um, for Sabalenka, for her to get the win, to finish it out, to bounce back after really blowing that second set, uh, I believe she served for it and got broken uh, at 6-5. It was just... You know, again, for Sabalenka, you're looking for the little things to grind that one out as a win. Uh, That's absolutely a victory. And so congratulations to Sabalenka on the win. Great fight by Madison Brangle, but ultimately Sabalenka too good. She's going to enjoy her day off today and get ready for that round of 16 matchup she will have. Uh, But that, you know, that was our two matches on center court. Unfortunately, the rest of them rained out. There were some other great results that I didn't get to see much of, uh, but certainly are worth mentioning here on the pod today. We saw Jessica Pegula continuing her sex, uh, success, excuse me, uh, you can leave that in if you want, Westoff, continuing her success uh, at, from World Team Tennis. She knocks off Vera Zivanareva, 6-1-5-7-6-4. That was an absolute slugfest, and in the end, just too good uh, from uh, Jessica Pegula. She's just so fit right now, so match-tough, and it, it showed through, you know, two hours, 20 minutes, just absolutely beast of a physical performance for Pegula, so she advances, and I I mean, again, if we see Jessica Pegula in the second week of the U.S. Open, I don't think that's going to surprise anyone. Now, it would surprise me if she wins the U.S. Open, but 
she's just too physically fit. If you have an off day, you're not beating Jessica Pagula. She's too solid right now. And so really good performance from her. Great performance from Own Jabour, who continues to rock and roll the number eight seed, 6-2-6-4, over hometown favorite Katie McNally. I know Katie McNally from Cincy, but what I've learned, Cincy, Lexington, pretty synonymous. Uh, but for Jabour, just, I mean, power hitting. Jabour was uh, exceptional. I didn't get to see much of that one, but from what I did, it was Jabour dictating the terms of play. And for McNally, you know, just not her best tennis. You look at the stats in this one. Katie McNally made only 52% of her first serve. Uh, although Jabour made only 45%, but for McNally, she wins 10 of 34 on second serve points, 11 double faults. Yeah, it's just Jabour puts pressure on you with her return, and McNally tried to get a little bit more aggressive. It didn't work. Again, when you're watching a young player, if serving percentage is the thing they're having the biggest problem with, that's a big plus, because if they're doing everything else really, really well, the serve is always the thing that it seems like is most feasible to improve. Uh, For Katie McNally, obviously, she's going to have to serve better as she looks to break through uh, more and more at a higher level at the WTA events. A couple of the rest of the results, again, Jennifer Brady, straight set winner over Heather Watson, Lynette, straight sets over Lauren Davis. Uh, That was the rest of our main draw action. We also had a couple of qualifying uh, matches finish yesterday as well. Uh, There were some good matches, too. I believe Layla Fernandez was a winner in straight sets. Kalinskaya in three over Arcanada. Uh, BMS, B-Dog, knocks off form Former UCLA standout Robin Anderson, 6-3-4-6-7-5. Christian recovers from a fast first set loss to win 2-6-6-4-6-2. Govertsova over DiLorenzo. And then Carolyn Dalahide over Jamie Loeb advanced to the main draw. And that gets us to today's action. And I... And, you know, there have been so many tournaments over the years to say, you know, I I pride myself on my memory to say I remember the slate of every given day of every tournament ever. I would just be lying to you listeners. I will say this, though. You can go back, look in the annals, look in the archives. I don't think you're going to find a better slate of WTA international matches in a single day than you're going to find today in Lexington. I mean, listen to center court. Serena versus Para. Dalahide versus Goff. Venus versus Azarenka, Layla versus uh, Sloan Stevens. I get to call those matches on Crowdview Live. Like, ugh, what a what a blessing, what a gift. It's going to be a great day for tennis, folks. Really excited for all of those. Of course, for so many of these players, the question is, how do they feel? Can they get their match legs under them before New York starts? And even if today doesn't go well for a player, can they have the right sort of takeaways to where they're building off of this, they're getting back to where they can peak uh, come New York time? I mean, it's a loaded slate, folks. Again, all of those center court matches are incredible, and they're not even my favorite singles match of the day. Starting us off on court two, Two, Anisimova versus Bellis. The big hitter in Anisimova, tall, lengthy, you know, just power player versus, you know, the scrapper, CeCe Bellis, who's as quick as any player, in my opinion, on the WTA, who turns defense into offense so well, who's just going to track down every extra ball, use her slice, use her feel around the court, just death by a thousand paper cuts. I know I'm going to be doing a Serena match, which is obviously the biggest gift of a lifetime. That's the sort of thing you remember. Uh, but 
Anisimova Bellis is a special match, folks, and so that's going to be great. Again, Coco Goff, Dalahide's a really fun one between two young Americans. Uh, Venus Azarenka speaks for itself. Tom Janovich, Putin Seva, I'm all in on. Kalen Skaya versus Tikman, Rogers versus Doy, Ann versus Blinkova, Govert Sova versus BMS. You even get a little, what is it, Makoko? I think that's the nickname for them. And Coco Goff, Katie McNally. We also get to see Jennifer Brady, uh, uh, Arena Sabalenka in action in doubles. It's going to be really fun. And so, again, it's a a great day of action. Hopefully, all of you stick with us on the Tennis One app as we cover everything going on in Nicholasville. In terms of what happened yesterday in Prague, again, only two matches finished. Christina Pliskova, 2-5 over Frut uh, Vertova. And then Jeannie Bouchard, really big win for her as she looks to uh, reset the course of her career. Uh, 0-3 over a really uh, quality player in Kudermatova. Jeannie Bouchard is fit as a fiddle right now, folks. We said that when we saw her here in July for the EXO event. Uh, I mean, it's quite clear how seriously she took her fitness, how seriously she took her training during this time period. She played the World Team Tennis season. Her, alongside of her coach, Renee Stubbs, uh, you know, new coaching arrangement, by the way, have been you know working together very, very closely. Uh, they're two exceptional players. And so, again, it's int- uh, they're two exceptional players. Excuse me. It's an exceptional coach-player combo. And for Jeannie Bouchard to get a win like this early on, it just assert, you know, it confirms of how confident she uh, is feeling, how she's looking to tain or, uh, turn her career around, how focused she is on getting back to where her talent dictates she should be in the WTA singles rankings. And so, again, for the Genie fans out there, and we had Genie on the podcast, so I got to promote that as well. Big win for her. Another really cool thing. Mayar Sharif, who graduated from Tulane, I believe, or Pepperdine? Was it Pepperdine? I think she might have actually played for Pepperdine in 2018. Uh, qualified into the main draw at this WTA event in Prague. The former three-time All-American becomes the first Egyptian player in a WTA main draw since 1999, and only the second ever. She's up to a career high of number 168. Hey, great shot to you, Mayar, because that is just... That that's so cool. I mean, that's again. We talk about tennis being a global sport, uh, more and more so with each and every day. This is proof of that fact. That is just a, it's worth recognizing. She deserves all of the credit in the world because the experience of someone who doesn't have the resources of the USTA or Tennis Canada, uh, the the margin for error is so much slimmer. If you fail, you're going to fail, and you're not going to have people to bail you out or continue to have your back the way an American tennis player really does when they're successful. And so huge amount of credit goes out to her. Of course, you look at the matches we have here on day four. Stack day in Prague. Simona Halep versus Petra Herzog. That's going to be a fun one. Petra Martic is in action. Barbara Striskova is in action. Elise Mertens versus Paulini got moved to today. Camila Georgi also supposed to be on the schedule. Sevastova playing. Pavlchenkova playing. Alexandrova playing. It's going to be a fun day of matches all the way around, so hopefully you will be locked into the tennis all day in the same way that we are planning to be. Uh, And again, of course, uh, there's a couple of other quick, just quick hitters I want to go through uh, because I mentioned some of these players. It feels worth noting Barbara Stritskova announcing her withdrawal from the U.S. Open. Shi Yu Wang has as well. Therefore, Ann Lee, who received a wild card, uh, as well as Priscilla Han, move into the main draw with that Ann Lee wild card coming open. Haley Baptiste, the incredibly talented young American, gets the wild card. She will be in the main draw. I think that's a great decision. Of course, there has been some angling that Bethany Maddox-Sands, who will be there to play doubles, she's pretty highly ranked still in singles as well. Should she get the next wild card that comes available? 
leave that question to you. I'll say this. I certainly won't object to it, but Haley Baptiste, wild card recipient. Of course, people do continue to pull out of the vent. I mentioned Shi Yu Wang. I mentioned uh, Barbara Striskova, Svetlana Kuznetsova also pulling out of the event as well. Just, you know, not comfortable. The inability to get together all of her team. Uh, she just isn't comfortable playing the event. So unfortunately, she would have been seated. She's ranked number 32, but she will be out of uh, this year's U.S. Open. And, you know, last piece related to that, a big issue surrounding whether players would play the U.S. Open or not is, are they going to be able to travel to Europe after play the clay portion of the year without having to quarantine for two weeks before that? Seems like the answer is going to be yes, at least in Italy, where players, uh, where the prime minister, uh, I believe his latest order is that these players will just need to come from New York and immediately test negative upon arriving. If they do that, uh, that test, uh, if it passes, it means they will be allowed to play. And, you know, that's a big hurdle for people like Dominic Team. And, you know, uh, again, you can go through the list of players who just want to play the clay season, who want to play as many matches as possible, tournaments as possible during this home stretch. And, you know, for them, maybe playing for two weeks or three, two events in New York isn't worth the amount of events they could play in Europe if they just stayed there. Uh, this certainly incentivizes many more players. This was something the top players had been working towards, the fact that they're not going to have to quarantine. That is a big benefit for them. So certainly that is a relevant piece of news. We also learned ATP Kitzbühel, which is confirmed for September 8th to the 13th, which I believe is the second week of the U.S. Open. Uh, their prize money dropped dramatically, down 200000 in comparison to last year, you look at it, the overall round-by-round prize money distribution, uh, you know, it, it, it's not great compared to last year. Last year's winner in singles won 90000 a little bit over. This year's winner is going to win about 25000 You know, finalist 48000 last year. This year, 19000 2613 for the semis, 15-9 for the quarters, eight, uh, 9 to 7.5. And, and, you know, the first-round prize money actually did go up by a couple of hundred dollars, but... Yeah, these are the realities we are living with, folks. Again, it's better to have events than not have them at all. Certainly, this is something uh, that uh, they will appreciate, but it's worth noting, uh, and this again comes from at Anna K underscore forever, the winner of the 2020 Kitzbühel will earn less in prize money than the current ATP chairman, Andrea Gaudenzi, earned for winning his first ATP title in 1998. That just shows, again, the extreme lengths we have all gone to to try and make professional tennis happen this year. What else is there? I guess, you know, two quick things it's worth noting. Oh, I, you know what? I can hold those for later. That, that, those are really the biggest developments from the professional tennis world. Of course, again, for all of us, so excited to have two WTA events back in our life going on this week. If you want to follow along with us here at Cracked Rackets, be sure to download that Tennis One app. Follow on CrowdView Live. It'll be myself and Coco Vandeweghe coach Craig Carden uh, on the call today. We are both very much looking forward to that. So hopefully you'll come join us. And again, we have an exceptional uh, fleet of matches to show uh, for all of you viewers. Of course, again, for all of you, I will always say, if you have missed any of our content, be sure to check out our website, CrackedRackets.com. Like, rate, subscribe, review this podcast, The Great Shot Podcast, where, by the way, not only do we have our ace of the day, but uh, Cracked Rackets returning champion Dave Cass joins us on the show once again to talk about everything going on surrounding the three weeks we're about to see in New York. Uh, Cracked interviews-wise, we can 
continue to rock and roll. And of course, on the Inside Out podcast, you can continue to go listen to season one of the show, our look at the history of the best American male players throughout the open era. Uh, but with that in mind, a couple shout outs as always. Shout out one, uh, two super producers, Max Ligner and Daniel Westoff, for the of an editing job they do day in day out those guys are beasts they continue you know workhorses and uh you know it's always just a pleasure to get to work with the two of them so shout out to them and shout out of course to our friends at midwest sports and aerobar go to midwestsports.com use the promo code cr15 aerobar.com cracked 15 is the promo code there to start living the look good feel good play good tennis lifestyle that we know all of you cracked rackets fans deserve again midwest sports aerobar so grateful for their continued support the least we can do ask you to support them as well uh, but with that being said for our super producers daniel uh, max fligner and daniel westoff our friends at midwest sports and aerobar and all of us here at both cracked rackets and the tennis channel podcast network i'm your host alex gruskin you know what we say folks that's the break and we'll see you all tomorrow thanks everyone